been a deep exploration. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's been a deep exploration of the filaments, the root filaments of uh, the folk rock tradition. And I was not even done by the time you turned on the recorder. I, I, I was looking up the it's, song it's, itself. It's like it's like a it's it's a black hole. It's gets it's like a vortex. It sucks you in, and suddenly you're layers deep in some kind of thing, and you've forgotten what the first thing was. And then you go back to the first thing, and you think, oh, I didn't really want this anyway. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. Yes, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Well, it's time for me to say it's. <laughs> 8.24 a.m., Saturday, September the 7th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. Oh, I was going to remember what the episode number was. No, I don't. I think it's 306. But I could be wrong. Well, I've been adventuring so long in our... I know, we just uh, went down this now... rabbit hole of folk music where... Because we wanted to have some music, and we realized that there are artists that are part of this tradition that we hadn't ever really known about. I mean, we knew about them, but we, you know, when you, what was the guy's name? Peter? Bellamy? Bellamy. I didn't even know what his voice sounded like, you know. So, anyway. Yes, that's, that's, what we, that's, what that's one of doing. the nice things about uh, having to select a, I mean, we don't have to do anything, we but... Can. But one but of the we... things is that it forces us to explore little avenues and byways. But I felt like this morning was, we just it, there were too many branches all of a sudden. And we were trying to go in too many different directions, and I felt a little lost, I, and I had to regroup. <laughs> so this is me regrouping. I regroup. I kind of feel behind the, the times of our friends because I feel like our friends have already some of our friends certainly. You mean Kat, Kat and John. Well, Cat and John and. Um, some of the people who used to play at Victory Music Open Mics, I think they've already gone down this rabbit hole well, before. I'm sure, yeah, I think they have. And I think the reason, I mean, my reasoning or my justification is that I've just never been that drawn to traditional music as a player. I've always been, because I've always thought of myself as a songwriter, I've, I like the sound of the traditions and I probably incorporate some of that sound into the musicality of my songs but I've never been I've never wanted to perform oh, right, old right. folk songs so I just never pursued finding them and, and learning about them so that I could introduce them in the, in the ways that our friends have done because that's where their primary interests lie I mean same with uh, Will and Felicia well and they went down a particular right, kind of right and there's and people are drawn into I mean for me I when I think of Cat and John and the and the Scottish traditional music, and or or William and Felicia and the and the kind of maritime uh, music that they do, I think of poetry. That's yeah. what I've delved into to that level. I mean, that's the thing that I think I have studied and and keep exploring and following all the little filaments and stuff like that. So it's just my my primary uh, research interest is in another area, and kind of always has been so. Well, my primary research area has been mythology, right. and actually, I think that that's why I'm interested in the traditional songs because they, they sort of have a they, mythology. They have a kind it. of archetypal quality to them. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that Cat really pisses me off. <laughs> well, because she's got this vast. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Wealth of knowledge, and not only in her mind, but in her hands. Yeah, ham and eggs. And in her voice for this music and 
she writes some of the best songs I've ever heard. <laughs> so that's just not fair. I'm sorry. There's something fundamentally... Pardon me. I'm going to have another drink of coffee. ...unfair about that situation. You know? You boy. I can accept one or the other. That's good coffee. Really? Because I'm, I possess one. <laughs> but to have one and the other, I think that's... that's I don't know. There's a mistake in there somewhere. <laughs> that's what I think. And uh, it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. And for the most part, my week has been absolutely monotonely dull. But for Thursday, when Amy, I got to play with Amy Reed at the CNP Coffee Company, which was, which for a couple of hours kind of completely broke me out of my single-minded, dull focus of the last couple of weeks and allowed me to remember what it was like to be fully human. Because uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And Amy brings a kind of fun that I really like, um, just by her nature. She's a, she's probably one of the, she's just very doesn't she just seem very playful to you? Yes. On kind of a fundamental level. Absolutely. That, and it comes through in her songs most especially, because her songs are so unique. And her perspective in them is so unique. And even the things that she chooses to write about are so unique. Um, they are unique and, yeah. and fun and funny. I mean, right. she, like the, but, but they, you know, she takes something that has happened to her and spins it in this whimsical way that yeah, but it, I the, just love. The whimsy can be, can be humorous or it can be just impactful, too. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, that's true, too. She's just got a lot of powers in that way, so... I really Boy, it. that two hours flew by. <laughs> I felt like it can't be two hours yet. Well, we were plagued by summer guitar. So there was more time spent tuning for both of us. I noticed that as a performer. I don't usually have to tune that much. Yeah. But the warm weather just does something to guitar strings that, uh, or the wood of the guitar or something. And I know I am always talking about people going out to see local music. You know, you're always talking about I that. am. But yeah. I just feel like I, I try so hard to get people to come out to see local music because it is such a, a marvelous community event. I it think is. that, and, and I actually think that a lot of the people who are coming now are coming out because of that. They, because people come regularly just to be part of something. Be part of something yeah. and to enjoy the the humor and laughter in the crowd. And, and I think so. that culturally we need that. You know, we've, we've heard for a couple of decades the term, you know, think globally, act locally. Yeah. Well, I think that has to do with our visceral selves as much as anything else. People need other people around them. And if you can come together with a shared interest like, you know, music or something like that then you've got you're already that far ahead and you can be of whatever whatever political persuasion you want to be sexual orientation you know age whatever and you're in this thing that that binds you yeah you know? that's right and if you can communicate uh with each other in that situation i think that's emblematic of what the culture itself needs is to remember what connects us instead of what divides us because it seems like yeah, every, every conversation that you read or hear or watch, and there's a problem with just that, 
it's all about what's what's different or what's what divides us. What are these people arguing this side? These people arguing the other? You know, trying to pound the other guy over the head and get it, thinking that's going to make him change his mind when there's no chance. Well, and also when you're when you're in a small group watching music there is some magic about it that i cannot explain because i've been in big crowds i've been in small crowds i've been in medium crowds but i love the intimacy and whether or not the performers that i go to see would love to have a huge crowd i don't know whether they would but um i think they used to want that yeah i think that was part but but it's a grace that that you all bring to the audience members who are allowed to get a window into this. Um, well, I think the small crowds invite something from the performer. I mean, I find myself that the crowd is a lot more a part of what I do. I mean, they always have been to some degree, right. but I find myself just because, and, and I think it's, I'm convinced it's because I know everybody. Yeah. All these faces look familiar to well, me. Well, but also you always say, oh, there's Cindy or there's um, Mary Wallen coming in or whatever. And then people know that you are aware that they're there. And it also introduces people to each other. So it's like uh, threading these different people into a, a, a cohesive tapestry of people. Wow. Well, whatever. That was a stupid analogy. Well, no, I thought it was good. No, <laughs> I, I thought it was a, a, apropos. I think it fits. I would also like to say that, uh, <coughs> in fact, I was thinking that I would really like to find a weekend that we can go out to Vashon again and go to their wonderful farmer's market where, oh, I think it was the farmer's market we went to, yeah. even though it was They They have it most, most of the year. Yeah. Uh, even when the weather is not conducive to it, it's an indoor space. Because what a wonderful, it was just wonderful to, we bought, last year we bought that wooden bowl, the wooden spoon, and my, the piece de resistance for me was John Daly's leather bag that I purchased that I absolutely love, and I get comments on it all the time, because it's unusual. People mm-hmm. don't see it's it's work of art, you yes. know. Yes, well, John and, is definitely an artiste of the leather works. But I always feel like when you are able to interact with the the people that are selling you something, for example, the man who sold me the wooden bowl took a picture of me with the wooden bowl. He said he liked to have a picture of all the people who had his art. <laughs> and I I don't know. I feel like that's been one of the joys of my life is that I have experienced the local artists around yeah. me here. It's interesting because I feel like I grew up in that, you know, because my dad was always part of art shows and stuff like that. It was a different sense. I mean, these were like at shopping malls or galleries or something like that, but it was there was a community there too that was... It was interesting to go to the, like the Bellevue Art Show or something like that, and you'd be outside. My dad would have his booth set up, and there's all these people milling around, and there's food booths and so on. It was kind of like a folk life festival, but just with her arts and crafts. Man, I had to stumble my way in uh, to this. It was not part of my growing up years at all. 
So And also music was like that in my youth because my dad was the guy at the party with the guitar. And there were parties were orchestrated around the idea that we get together, we laugh, we talk, we drink beer, and at some point Tom gets his guitar out and we all sing. Well, speaking of singing for the for a crowd, I do think that there's a, a feeling in these CMP coffee house uh, performances of that kind of experience of somebody just getting up and playing guitar and leading everybody in song. And, but I was thinking, oh man, when you guys, when you and Amy were harmonizing, it was so much fun. That was such a, a treat. Yeah, we need a little more rehearsal on those songs, but I, they, I think they do sound good. I don't know. I thought they sounded great. Well, I just didn't, I didn't, have, I forgot my lyric sheets, so I didn't have the words. So I was only singing on some and of so them. And so you were, you were beating Amy over the brow to write them all. I know. I was trying to get her to rewrite them for me. While I was playing my song. <laughs> I think part of what makes those shows good is that there's two di- distinct voices on stage. with And they've each, there's people that have come because they know that person. And then there's come, people who have come because they know me. And so you get this, uh, these two different senses intermingled and kind of going back and forth. I don't know. Because I'm in conversation with Amy throughout. It's like the audience is part of the conversation. Because it's a small enough room where... Most people can hear what's going on, and I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't feel like there's that much separation between the performer and the audience in those, because they're all people whose faces I know, and yeah. you know, they're like, "Hey, we got together here last month. Let's do it again. It's fun." I like that. I hope that Pete and Cam will let it keep going after the end of the year. I mean, I will understand if they don't. It's been fun. And the next one up is you and Jim. Well, that's not the CMP, yeah. But no, but the yeah. next next performance is a uh, performance opportunity. Cooth Buzzard on the twenty eighth. That's this another month. wonderful. Another venue. wonderful venue, yeah. I was trying to think if there was anything else notable about this week for me. I don't think so. I think that that was also my highlight. Yeah. Of the week, the, I mean, it was a fairly short week because we had Monday off and. And then I took Friday off, so this was a short week, but I'll pay for it next week. Will you? But that's all right. Okay. I think think we've covered it. Yeah. It was kind of, like I say, for me, for the most part, it seemed kind of dull and monotone. But progress is being made on the album front, and so that's good. But that's really all that needs to be said about that. Well, and I also, last weekend, was working on the Victory Music publication. I was even doing that on Monday. And it's really interesting because this particular issue, I was both putting in an ad for Cats Cyclone Line Play, which is going to be uh, this month. And we have purchased our tickets for... I always forget the the dates are. I have to look at the. It's the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and twenty ninth. All right, we're going on the twenty ninth. Uh, That's a matinee. Because show. it's a matinee show, and we can go out to Vashon. It is a tremendous play. I mean, I maybe I'm influenced by the fact that that I knew Cat's dad. The play is about. 
her relationship with her father. I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it's dependent on you not having I, one now. I was going to say, I don't think it is either. Yeah. I think you could relate to it um, just from, from the... It's, it's a piece of history that, that has gotten some attention, but it's, it seems like it's always looked at as a, as a natural phenomenon or a man-made disaster or something like that. You don't really get down into hearing the individual stories as much. If you've read John Steinbeck or something like that, then you kind of have been exposed to that. But that's what it comes down to in Cat's Play is the story of what Al experienced. And I'm looking at the time. I've got to leave in four minutes, Bill. Well, fine, Diane. So we'll have to just talk very quickly about the music. Very quickly. We went one down of, the rabbit hole, as we mentioned. Right. One, we, of, one of the places that we landed was on Martin Carthy. And uh, the song Scarborough Fair. I know about Martin Carthy mostly from his uh, his participation in some of the groups that we've Steel been Ice playing. Steel Ice Band and Albion. They all are <laughs> it's like a musical chairs of entertainers. But I knew about Martin, Martin Carthy's name. Even, uh, you know, it just was like, I know that name. And this is one of our educational times of finding out about these people but but Martin Carthy actually influenced a lot of performers because of his knowledge of the traditional music and he influenced Bob Dylan he influenced uh, Paul Simon obviously he influenced Richard Thompson and well, Paul Simon actually learned the song Scarborough Fair from Martin Carthy and that he, particular arrangement when he was in England back in the early 60s so, there you go. There's the connection. Yeah. So we'll hear Martin and Paul do it. Yeah. yeah. Or Paul and Artie do it. So you'll hear it with the canticle and without the canticle. It's interesting, too, that that song has been... I mean, I have heard so many versions of that song. Yeah. And for some reason, I never get tired of it. There's something very hypnotic and... And speaking of, the, as I was saying, my the mythological, that's why I think I am interested in some of these traditional songs, is there's a mythological component to a lot of them yeah. in their lyrics. Right. And this certainly is one. And I think it gives you a little puzzle to be working with in your mind. Why, why that? Why this? You know? Yeah, right. Um, Kat and I have had conversations about Scarborough Fair. And also, Scar you know, those, those melodies, they seem to be, a lot of these songs we heard when we were very young, and so the music of them is in our DNA. It's like it's been, yeah. it's been inside our bodies for, you know, 50 years or more. And so it's, when you, when you hear the music, it, you respond to it in a, in a, from a very deep, resonant place in yourself because it's been with you for your whole life. So I think that's a part of it, too. Anyway, we'll see if people get sick of it because they're going to hear two versions of the same song back to back. <laughs> Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Parsley, sage, rosemary, and Remember
Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme Without no seam, nor a needlework And then she'll be a true love of mine Tell her to find me an acre of land Parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme Between the salt water and the sea strand And then she'll be a true love of mine Tell her to plough it with a lamb's horn Parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme And to sow it all o'er with one peppercorn And then she'll be a true love of mine Tell her to reap it with a sickle Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme And to thresh it all out with a bunch of heather And then she'll be a true love of mine Are you going to Scarborough? Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Remember me to one who lives there. For once she was a true love of mine.
Sweet sage, rosemary, and thyme. 